You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointing episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering Indiana women's basketball. This is our 108th episode recorded on Monday, February 19th, 2024. I'm your host, Kathy Amos, alongside my co-host, Jeff Marlowe. And today we will breaking down, be breaking down your number 14, number 12, Indiana Hoosiers loss of 86 to 66 on the road to the Illinois Fighting Illini. That loss brings a record to 21 and 4 overall and 12 and 3 in the conference. But before we get into the details of the game, we'll start our show as we do every show, and that's with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And Jeff, you know, in a game where I think there are a lot of runs in this game, um, mainly for Illinois, (laughs) um, unfortunately, their runs were a lot longer and a lot deeper than ours. We had a lot of droughts in the game. There wasn't really a whole lot that you can kind of pick to and point to for a Hoosier Proud Banner moment. Um, you know, it was really a game of uh, where we just kind of came out from the beginning and just kind of got punched in the mouth with Illinois. And, you know, they took a, a fairly, you know, we played all right in that first quarter, only down by one. But boy, they really punched us in the mouth in particular in that second quarter um, going into halftime with a 16 point deficit. So really hard to find a banner moment. But I think for me, I'm going to go to the first quarter at the 226 mark when finally after I think around seven games off, Sydney Parrish finally comes back and plays and enters the game. And I think that this is important because, you know, Sydney was a very key piece to our team before her foot injury. And while she didn't start tonight and she didn't really play a whole lot, you know, hopefully this is going to give her some time to get some rust off before we um, have to head back home on a fairly quick turnaround and with a really quick, um, tough opponent coming up with Iowa coming in. Um, so for me, I think Sydney Parrish coming back into the game and being back on the floor for us was my Hoosier Proud banner moment for today. So for as always, our banner moment is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, the presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network, who includes Assembly Call and Crimson Cast. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or not even schools. I think I saw they're partnering now with NASCAR, I believe. Is that what I saw? So, Hendrick Motorsports um, or something. Yeah, motorsports in general. So all kinds of new and fresh fun things coming out from uh, our friends over at um, Home Field Apparel. So, but if you're really looking for good collegiate gear, that's where they, you know, kind of got their bread and butter on. um, But they have great collegiate gear for everyone, for you or anyone else in your life. So you can go to homefieldapparel.com, and if it's your first time ordering, you can use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. Again, that promo code is HOME23 for 15% off, and the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right. Well, with that, we normally would be talking about some news headlines, but I don't think there's been a whole lot new um, that I I know, Jeff, to highlight here between um, now and our last time. So we're going to just kick it right over to you for your Marlowe's musings. So, Jeff, what's on your mind today? Well, I think we've already talked about it a little bit just in your in your run up to the banner moment, and we've seen it with the workaholics here in the chat on the live YouTube video. Um, it just was a bummer day. It just it never really. Uh, 
Um, especially once Illinois got the lead, Indiana never really seemed to get back up on their feet. They were they got knocked off their feet, like you said, kind of took that punch and 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 didn't really take it very well. Kind of went to the ground and really didn't get back up. Made some runs to get back in it toward you know got down to nine a couple times, but just never could sustain enough stops to get the game back into a more manageable situation. And I, and, and Kathy, I'm going to go back to this and I know it seems like you're picking on one thing or I'm picking on one thing I should say, but we had a lead. We were up 13 to nine. I believe it was something mm-hmm. I think it was 13 right. to nine. And then we subbed and I'm not saying you can't sub. I it, it just seemed like for once this, and that's not been a problem with this team per se, unlike another team we, you know, we both know and have talked <laughs> about. Um, but it, for today, it just seemed like they lost momentum when they subbed and, and they never, and once they did, they never really got it back. And Illinois just kind of stepped on the throttle and went, um, and, and also, again, we'll talk about as we go throughout the show, too, <laughs> too many players were no-shows today. You know, there were too yeah. many players yeah. who did not provide enough in the, in the stat com or on the floor, and it, and it caught up to them against a team that we talked about back in the preseason we thought was going to be a whole lot better record-wise in the preseason. We even talked about it in the preview on Wednesday night after the Wisconsin game that this game made us nervous. This is a team that's talented. They've underachieved, all right? Illinois has underachieved big time. But they're talented and they've got good guards and they've really gotten good or I should say good. They've gotten uh, much better and got and back to where they probably should be when they've gone to their bigger lamp. They're now playing Kendall Bostick along with mm-hmm. uh, um, with uh, hobby. Hobby, hobby. hobby. I want to say hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, hobby. hobby. When they started putting yeah. Bostick more to four rather than the five. They've really kind of caught a spark. And this game, I even put it on the Discord when we were, as I was watching the game today. And and no, you were working. You watched it a little bit later, but just made me nervous all along because this is a team that's all that uh, over the last couple of years with Shauna Green as the head coach and with the players she's brought in has has played Indiana about as tough as anybody consistently. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Illinois, we talked about this again when we thought they would be one of the contenders there. Um, They brought back something like 92% of their offensive production from last year. Um, And for whatever reason, it just seems like it's taking them some time to gel. But from what I saw today, they're definitely gelling. And I think um, I heard the announcer say this is, you know, um, they won four of their last six. So now I guess I don't think that included today. So now five of their last seven games. So they seem to be peaking at the right time, right? Like if you're going to want your team to kind of stumble a little bit at the beginning of the year and then pick it up, this is the way to do it. Um, we'll be interested to see though, how much, if it, you know, hurts them in terms of getting into the tournament or seeding or anything like that, those early, early season losses for them. But I, I thought they looked really good today, Illinois. I mean, credit to them. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, some of the shortcomings for Indiana today, because there definitely were a couple, um, pretty glaring ones in my opinion. But I, I also have tip of the hat. I think Illinois came in with a really good game plan against us, and they executed it, um, both defensively and offensively. So, you know, again, I think Illinois is just kind of peaking at the right time. Well, and, and you made a good point about that. And also, we'd won 16 in a row. At some point, you're going to be that team that's like, when you're in Illinois situation, we want to be the team, we want to be the group that breaks, snaps that streak. You know, so IU, you know, to yeah. a certain degree, you know, the number, the number of the, the, the percentages, the odds are going to, are getting against you every game to keep a streak like that going in Big Ten play. I don't care who you're playing, you know, to win 16 in a row like that. So, um, so 
you know, that's the other thing that, you know, th that was, you know, there again, and for a certain degree, I put this, in, in, I think in the discord or in, in my, one of my group texts, their season now is made by playing spoiler. They beat IU today. You know, they, they, you know, their season is going to be made a little bit by how they play some of these better teams and even going into the big 10 tournaments, not necessarily a team you want to see at the big 10 tournament. No, absolutely. Well, Jeff, let's maybe get into a little bit more of the game itself, um, the details there. So um, let's go ahead and start start talking about a few pivotal plays. I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot to to talk on here, and we can you know touch on a few, and then we'll move on to numbers. But do you have any pivotal plays that you you wrote down? Uh, I did, but it was more about runs, um, and it really yeah. showed up in the second quarter. Cat, it started in that segment that I talked about right after we, when we started subbing. Illinois made a much better concerted effort and it continued through the rest of the first half where they just put the ball in the deck and they drove, drove, drove. And we really, really struggled, not unusual, but even more so today, it seemed like we struggled to contain the guards yeah. and the dribble penetration. And we didn't really get much rotational help at times. And so we yes. gave up a lot of shots. The first half, they won the points in the paint. Now, Indiana, in, in fact, they won the points in the paint for the game. But uh, again, Hobby played well. Don't get me wrong. Kendall Bostic played well. But a lot of those points in the paint were coming from their guards who were getting That's into right. the paint for short shots or layups. That's right. Yeah, I, I said the exact same thing sitting here with Sean as I was watching it um, in the evening. Um, since I didn't get uh, the luxury of not having to work, I had... Um, was watching it and I we just looked a step slow on really both ends, but especially defensively. Like we weren't really fighting through through the screens that Illinois was making, or like you said, we were slow on our rotation over to help um, and not switching. And it was just allowing them to get to the basket whenever they really almost seemed to want to. I mean, what they were shooting 71% or something at some point, you know, that would go down a bit. Yeah in the first half. And it, you know, it, we did tighten that up. I think some in the second half, but by then the damage was done, right? Like the, you mentioned 16 point deficit in, in halftime going into halftime. Um, right. You know, we, we made some good defensive adjustments and they didn't end up with 71%, but you allow a team to shoot 71%. Um, it's really not a recipe for success, especially on the road. Yeah. You well, know yeah, at one point, you bring up a great point about the shooting percent. At one point, late in the second quarter, it was 90%. They, you know, they they that's how well they were shooting and how bad our defense was. And, and you could almost see every time you what little Kathy, I hope you saw maybe some of this, but every time you kind of saw Terry Moore on the TV, you know, when they would show her or when you maybe panned by, you could just tell the veins in her neck and in her forehead yeah. were just she was she was boiling and she you could just tell. But again, it was just one of those days. You hope it's one of those days, but they just, again, they struggle. And this has been the issue with Illinois, with Genesis Bryan and Makaira Cook, especially Genesis Bryan, make sure I said that right, that yes. we have really struggled to contain them off the dribble. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it, we'll get into the numbers I know later, but, you know, to your point, you know, Makaira Cook was the one who led them in scoring with 22 points. It, so it wasn't like uh, Kendall Bostic, who in the passives really killed us, or Hobby. I mean, they both ended up with 12 points respectively, which is, you know, nothing to, you know, to sneeze at at all. But, you know, we really got hurt by Bryant with 15, Cook with 12, uh, 22, and McKenzie with 14. I mean, we allowed six of their players, and then, then another 11 points coming off of their bench um with dolan i mean so we allowed six players for illinois to get in double digits and that's all they played they only played right. six people deep so you know it just i don't know and we talked about that in our pre 
preview of Illinois, right? Like one of those the things we were worried about. We were worried about the dribble penetration and the dribble drives and being able to contain their guards. It was absolutely the thing that we talked about. And it just didn't look like we either, uh, and I don't think that, you know, I have a lot of respect for the coaching stuff. So I don't think it was that we weren't prepared from like a scouting perspective. I, it felt like exactly what coach Morin said in the the huddle, they showed her in between the third and the fourth quarter. And she said, you know, for whatever reason, we're just not here today. Our head is just not here. They just did not look focused defensively. Um, and to me, I think that was the biggest story of this game, you know, where we, we aim to keep a team in the, you know, mid sixties and we allowed 86 points for Illinois, like way off of what we would um, historically or typically want to see from this game. Um, so any other pivotal plays, I think maybe to mention for me um, is just, again, in that third quarter, I thought we made some nice adjustments and we came out in that third quarter and it looked like we were really going to get back into the game. You know, we went on a nine, two run, um, cut that lead down to nine points. Like you had mentioned a couple of times, actually nine points, but then we turned right around and let Illinois go on a seven to oh run. And that leads right back up to 16 points at 51 35. And I thought that was um, a play. I know you had written it down. I had written it down as well. And then it wasn't a play. It was like, obviously it was a, a run of plays, but I think that was like the pivotal point where uh, I, I, again, I just looked at Sean and I said, you know what? We just don't have it today. Um, this isn't going to go our way. I don't think we're going to come back. And they would cut back a little bit. We, we just never could get past that nine point hump. Um, that seemed to be like the place where we get to. So to me, that was kind of the the pivotal plays, if you will, was at the beginning of that third quarter. Well, and and I'll agree with you, but just as long as we don't say we couldn't get over the hump. Um, oh, sure. You're right. We couldn't push past that. <laughs> yes, we couldn't push past that, Mark. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I will say this, and, and, and it's more of a number, but I, it's, I, I'll put it in here. Because it's pivotal. This tells you a little bit about how the first half went. Mackenzie Holmes had zero rebounds in the first half. And, and that just kind of tells yeah. you. Now, in fairness to Mac, when their yeah. team's shooting 70%, yes. there are not a lot of rebounds. But, you know, it's it's one of those telltale signs. It just kind of tells you that, you know, things aren't going well. And, and, and they're, you know, we end up losing the battle on the glass anyway. But. The other thing, uh, I'll go to the fourth quarter here real quick. Just about the time, you again, you felt maybe. Got it down like six minutes to go. Got it to nine. Yeah. Illinois takes yeah. a timeout. Illinois finishes the game on a 19-8 run. That was, that was the way the day went. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's really all there is to, to kind of talk about is. I think, you know, again, that, that second quarter to me was also pretty pivotal. Um yeah, you have a note here. This is great. We were outscored 26 to 11 in that quarter, which is our worst quarter since um, either the Iowa or the Stanford game. Um, I can't remember either whenever we put up um, 11 points. That was really not good. And, you know, after that media timeout, especially, we only scored four more points in that quarter. So that was a rough one. And then to come out and, you know, just have that 7-0 run, go erase everything we we got back. But anyway, um, let's go ahead and just jump into the numbers, Jeff. Why don't you go first for us? Um, we've kind of been dancing around a lot of them anyway, so let's just hit it. Um, you know, where to start? Um, 14 turnovers. 14 turnovers. We only had one, And we only had one in the first quarter. Only one in the first quarter. And then we had six in the second quarter. So we had seven at the half, and then you had seven more in the second half. So turnovers as compared to – five for Illinois. That's nine possessions right there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of alluded to this when I was talking earlier, but um, 11 to two, that's bench points. Um, Illinois, again, only played one person off of their bench and she was able to put up 11 points. We had one, two, three, five players that got in, um, although Hina Sandvik, to be fair, didn't even register a full minute. So whatever, we had four people play, you know, Lily Meister with nine minutes, Sydney and Jules with six and Lene Beaumont with four. So but between the between the four or five of them, whatever number you want to say, they only could put up two points. Um, and it wasn't just them. I think, you know, um, we didn't get a whole lot out of Chloe Moore McNeil in terms of the offense that we've been seeing here the last few games either. Um, but the the bench in particular just really added nothing to us compared to what um, Illinois got from from Dolan on their side. Um, any thoughts for me on the the bench? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to jump it in on you there before you asked the question. But we didn't play them. You look, I, I, we brought Lene in and got or Lene some earlier on. She played four minutes. I think those were all in the first quarter. She never played again yeah. after that. We, you know, and Lily struggled today. Lily had maybe one of her worst games I've seen her play in her year plus, almost two full years at Indiana. Yeah. And, and, and again, plus minus is a flawed stat, but Lily played nine minutes and was minus 19. Yeah, that is yeah. not good. Did you see her? They showed her sitting over um, talking to Coach Red at one point in between when right after I think she had a really bad turnover. And I think Coach Morin really laid it to her and she was visibly shaken on on the, the sideline. I don't know cool. if you picked up on that on the TV. I did not see yeah. that one. I may have been may have had my head in my my hands at that point. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but but her and Mac also combined for six of the 14 turnovers. I mean, your post yeah. players can't be almost half your turnovers. And and so you talk about that number. And again, I don't want to get into it too deep here as of next, but Sydney got six minutes. I guess that's better than nothing, but it, I would have liked to see, and I know they probably had her on a hard, a hard minute limit, but if six minutes was the limit, I'm not sure there was much benefit in playing her day and then instead of just saving her for Thursday and get her back out there. But, you know, yeah. made me wonder at times I even texted Ari in our, in my group, you know, Ari never back and forth made me wonder if she had re-aggravated some or she felt something in her foot, but she did come back in right after I texted him that, but, mm-hmm. but she only got six minutes um, from that standpoint. Any other noble numbers for me? Um, yeah. Illinois shot 53%. That tells right. you about our defense. Exactly. And like we had mentioned in the first half, I think they shot 60 something percent in the first half alone. Yeah. 61% in the first half. You, you just can't allow that when you're allowing the team to get that close to the basket, getting such high quality looks. Um, that's going to be tough to beat any team. Um, we also got beat on rebounds 30 to 26, so, which wasn't quite as bad. But again, when you're allowing a team to, to make a, that many shots that you're not going to have the many, you know, rebounding um, opportunities. The, the problem is that, again, we allowed eight offensive rebounds. So even when they weren't missing a whole lot, I thought there was a couple of times in particular, I thought Yarden really could have tried harder for a couple of those defensive rebounds. And they just kind of took it right away from her. Um, and so just stuff like that all over the game felt really disappointing to me. Um, a bright note, I guess we can talk about a positive was we shot 89% from free throw. The, the downside with it, we only shot nine free throws again, um, to 24 free throws for Illinois. I don't feel like the officiating was one lot one-sided though. No. I just felt that Illinois was way more aggressive in getting to the basket. And, you know, we're not only when we're not stopping them, but when we didn't stop them, we were fouling them and you were putting one of the best free throw shooting teams, not just in the conference, but in the nation on the line. 
it's just a very bad recipe um, for going in and on the road. And it really turned out in a, in a 20 point loss today. So I just all around, there was not a whole lot of positives to kind of touch on um, number wise. Um, 15 assists on 26 made field goals. I guess you got that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, I'm not real excited about that either. Though. But let's go back to the fouls a little bit on the free throws. The, fa- the fishing wasn't bad today. It really wasn't. I thought it was as good. The crew did a pretty good job. But w- with 45 seconds to go and you're down 13, 14, there aren't enough possessions left. Why are we still fouling? Why are we right. fouling and then putting them at the line? So what could have been maybe, a, again, I know it's not about moral victories, but in the net, margin matters. That's At least that's what exactly. we found this year. In the net, margin matters. So you took what might have been a 13, 14-point loss and took it up to 20, all right? right. And so I didn't understand that philosophy at the I end. Didn't and, and that, you know, so that accounted for some of their free throws. But back to the, you and I have talked about it on this show, the old Bob Knightism, shoot more free, make more free throws than your opponent shoots. Illinois did that. I do want to throw a number out there just because again, yep. Indiana kid. And, and again, I think that's one thing that I'm not sure this team quite gets is that a kid like Kendall Bostick, this is her game. She grew up in Indiana, played high school ball in Indiana. I'm sh- maybe she didn't, but she probably, you know, would have maybe have been an IU player. I don't know what the recruiting process is like. We may have offered, may not. I don't know any of that. But Kendall Bostick, 12 points, 11 rebounds for a kid that, you know, grew up in the middle of Indiana, central Indiana. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the kind of game they seem to get. And we got to understand that a kid like Kendall Bostick is going to come and give us her best effort. And I thought, again, back to the beginning, what you said, Kathy, in the in the banner moment, don't think, and Coach Morin said it in, the, in that break, just don't think we really were ready for them to come out and do that to us. I think we, you know, right. the kids thought, now oh, Illinois will be okay, but they'll fade. Now they're playing better. Nope. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we would also be remiss not mentioning um, our three-point shooting was not there for us. Say we ended up with uh, six of 20 from three at only 30%. And, you know, again, back to what I was saying at the beginning, I think Illinois executed their game plan against us exactly how they wanted to do it on both ends. And this is where I think it really showed up. Like they, they weren't, you know, too concerned about making McKenzie Holmes doubling her and being really aggressive on her. I thought they just really had a nice game plan defensively of shutting our perimeter players down. And you saw that with Sarah Scalia only going two of eight from three, um, Chloe Moore McNeil, one of four, um, Yarden was three of eight. Those were the only three people that were took three pointers for us today. And that's how we ended up with only 30%, six, six, three pointers, which for us is not a good recipe for what this team is, you know, and McKenzie, they got, she got her points that, you know, right above, right above her average at 24, but they shut everybody else down. And I think that's different than say what we saw with Purdue, who was very, you know, much trying to shut McKenzie down and then we let them up from outside or Nebraska would have the same kind of, um, you know, philosophy against us. And so this to me to seemed to be on both ends where Illinois just found that recipe of success. And we saw it again in this 20 point loss where drive the ball against us with their guards and then, you know, shut our three point shooting down on the other end. Yep. I agree. Any other numbers, Jeff, you want to talk about, or do you want to jump into game ball and Curtis Parker? <laughs> yeah, let's let's jump into the game ball. 
Yes, let's do it. Okay, so you get to go first since I'm hosting. Um, but for those of you, real quick, before we we talk about today, our our numbers so far this year: Mackenzie Holmes leads the way with the team with ten, Sarah Scalia with five, Sydney Parrish with three, Yarden Garzon and Chloe Moore McNeil also each have three game balls. So Jeff, for you, who do you give your game ball to? Uh, it's going to be McKenzie Holmes, and but it wasn't a quintessential all-around great McKenzie game. She played well on the offensive end, 10 for 14, um, 4 or 5 at the free throw line, but she only had two rebounds. She also had three turnovers. She did have a block in 31 minutes, but it, again, I said this earlier, it, it, and, and plus minus can be a flawed stat, but she was minus one. So when McKenzie was on the floor, we were playing them even. And I think that's one of the things I texted with my, my other group I was with today. I'm not sure you could take Mac out for very long today. And I think we kept trying to play rotation. Yeah. And I think that may be something that the staff will look back on and be like, you know, that that's just, yeah, we got to find a way to get Mac at 30 seconds here and maybe 60 seconds here. But that idea that you can take Mac out at that, six minute five minute mark get her a couple minutes of rest in a game like today you needed her on the floor because the the other things just weren't working well enough and so but i'm gonna go with mckenzie holmes here but again it was not a great performance by mckenzie but she is the yeah. game ball today for me yeah it definitely wasn't a, a something that we're going to look back at this season and say you know that illinois game on the road was a vintage mckenzie home game no you know i thought you know she ended up with four fouls too and at least one or two of them one in particular just was not a good no. not sometimes there's good fouls but it was not a smart foul at all where she just reached in on somebody on the perimeter there was another one she just seemed really frustrated on one of illinois runs and she ended up fouling him so two of those fouls and i think that kind of hurt her too in terms of you know you saw a lot where coach was trying to do this offense defense for her and that's the only reason i think lily ended up with um getting nine nine minutes as well um but yeah jeff i agree with you you know it's i don't know who else you would give the game ball to so i agree with you mckenzie gets her 11th game ball of the season so with that, we'll switch over to the Grace Burger, Grace Burger Hardest Worker Award. I honestly am still kind of at a, a loss on this one. I think this one's going to be a lot harder to think about. But before we uh, cast our votes, so let's talk about what we have so far. So Sydney Parrish, Mackenzie Holmes, and Lexi Bargesser all lead the way with five. Chloe Moore McNeil real close behind them at four. Sarah Scalia, Lene Beaumont with two. And Lily Meister has one so far this year. So Jeff, um, I think you can go a couple of different ways, but who do you give your Grace Burger hardest worker? Yeah, I'm, you know, we could talk about Yarden here a little bit with 17 points. You mentioned her three for eight. She had eight rebounds, uh, three assists. Um, but again, you know, she was minus 18. Um, I just have a hard time. Nobody off the bench really gets, gets any recognition here. I, and I have a hard time with Chloe or Sarah today. Cause I didn't feel like they were, I felt like they disappeared for big stretches of the yeah. game. I'm actually going to go with Lexi Bargesser. Lexi had six points, two of four from the field, two of two at the line. She really was battling early. She had a couple of key offensive rebounds. In fact, all of her off, all three of her rebounds were on the offensive end. Yeah. She had five assists and a steal. So in 35 minutes and of the starters outside of Mac, she was the best on plus minus. She was minus 11, which again, not great. And again, a flawed stat, but I just felt like Lexi really was playing well today at, when she was out there. Now, again, she's not scoring a big ton of points, but I just felt like there were things happening when she was on the floor. And like I said, the five assists for me, because you mentioned it earlier, I just yard there were times I didn't think Yarden went after. I mean, she had eight rebounds, but there were some, she didn't really go after strong. Yeah. I, I think, um, 
Yarden could have easily ended up with the double-double. I know there were at least two or three defensive rebounds that she just had them taken right away from her. Um, so it's hard for me when I see, see that, that even though you want to look at the box score and say, Hey, Yarden had 17 points and eight rebounds. I just think there were times again, where she kind of disappeared on us. Um, it didn't quite put up the fight. I would have liked to see, especially when our team is down by double digits, you need every possession you can get and not allowing Illinois to get second possessions. Um, Sarah ended up with the, the 10 points, like you mentioned, but it took, it was two of eight three-point shooting again so she just wasn't quite there the nice thing with Sarah she didn't have any turnovers so that was good um but yeah I, at the end of the day I ended up kind of thinking Lexi Bargasser as well um I, I really wrote down you know two of those rebounds were really strong offensive rebounds in that first quarter for Lexi um and you know the five assists leading the team there too um, was something for me. So I, I agree with you and we'll give Lexi her sixth Grace Burger Hardest Worker of the Year um, award for her. That puts her in a lead, doesn't it? I think it sure does. She just jumped jumped up there. So hey, real quick <laughs> so while we're here, let's, let's talk real yeah. quick about this. Um, I'm not trying to take over yeah. here, but I, just, but I want your opinion on this because I, I put this in the Discord earlier today. And you never want a player to get hurt. And having Sydney Parrish being hurt has really has been a, a negative for this team. But if anybody benefited from it, Lexi Bargesser has benefited 100%. it immensely on with this team and what she can provide for this program going forward. Absolutely, Jeff. I, I really agree with that. And you know, if we could um keep this bottled up and somehow magically over the summer fix her, her field goal um shot, <laughs> um, you know, I think she could be a real real weapon for us next year. You know, she's got some sneaky speed to her as well, I think as well. Um, you know, but she's been handling the ball real well. She sees the floor, you know, her five assists tonight. And so, yeah, her development over the last seven or eight games is this, I think this is the eighth game now she's been starting um, somewhere in that neighborhood. So um, her development in those games has been just night and day. You know, there was times all the time we were talking about how, you know, nobody on the bench when Sydney was starting was coming in and giving us any production where now we have Lexi starting and playing, you know, in the, you know, she played 35 minutes tonight. So she went from hardly contributing off of the bench to now playing 35 minutes per game and, you know, contributing, even though, again, people might look at the six points and be like, mm, no, I don't think so. But um, <laughs> there are other things to the game of basketball than simply scoring points. Yes, you need to be able to put more points up than your team. We obviously didn't do that tonight. But we've seen some double-digit points from um, Lexi. We, she, she had a double-double, I think, or really close to one last time. So, yeah, Jeff, to your point, no, not not excited that Sydney's been hurt, obviously. But in terms of pure player development, it has been fantastic for Lexi and she's taken advantage of it. I agree. Well, with that, um, before we leave our numbers behind, we do have our Mac watch still going on, even though she has now officially um, passed Tyra Bess for our IU women's program record. We are now looking at our overall basketball program record. So tonight with, with McKenzie's 24 points, she now has 2,413 points. Um, she is 25 points behind Steve Alford and exactly 200 points behind Calvert Cheney. So um, still uh, right on pace to, to break that Steve Alford um, total there probably before the, the regular season is over at her current pace. The other person we've been watching is Sarah Scalia in terms of made three pointers. So she uh, in one season. So she's with her two today. She's got 81. Um, she is 26 um, three point field goals away from 
surpassing Steve Alford's um, season record that he has with 107. So that is our now Mac and I guess Sarah Scalia um, watch that we have. You know what? Well, we should change this to like record watch or something like that. Now something that, like hey, that. Yes. But we actually probably need to do a little bit of this on, and you're going not going to be with us for the next couple of shows, but we probably need to look at a little bit. I, I know somebody had posted this in the workaholics a couple of games ago, but I believe she's actually nearing in. If she hasn't got there already, like 2000 career points. I mean, because if, That's you, right. if you combine her Minnesota time with her Indiana time. That is correct. Yeah, I did read that somewhere as well that she's closing in on 2000. So, so we may want to just kind of put that and we, I'll see if I can work on that this week. And get into the run. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a great accomplishment for her too. So, um, anything else you want to talk about on this game in particular, or should we talk about the one coming up on Thursday? Oh, let's move on to the next one. Cause I think we've, we've, this one was not good anyway. So I think we beat it to death. Yeah, I think so. That was enough. 32 minutes on that. We're done. Okay. So hopefully um, Thursday, we're going to not see a repeat um, of either tonight or what we saw earlier this year when we played Iowa at Iowa, because on Thursday, we do have the Iowa Hawkeyes coming into assembly hall. The game is um, going to tip off at eight Eastern seven central. It will be on Peacock. So um, I'm sure everyone is well aware at this point that Caitlin Clark just uh, broke the NCAA record um, for the women, women's NCAA double a record uh and scoring them just the other night last thursday when she we she went off for 49 points in that game against michigan um everyone's probably pretty well of, of iowa as well but we're going to go ahead and cover some numbers in case you're not uh, into all the details so um iowa is currently number five in the net in terms of record they are 23 and 3 overall 12 and 2 in the big 10 um, in terms of the history between us and Iowa, Iowa does lead the series all time, 54 to 22, and they have won the last two matchups. Um, Iowa won in Iowa City, as I mentioned, that was back on January 15th. The final score on that was 87 to 57. And previous um, win for IU was in Bloomington last year, where we won 87 to 78. Um, I'll talk real quick about their head coach and team stats, Jeff, and then you can talk about some of their individual players. Um, gotcha. So Lisa, Lisa Bluter is in her 24th season at Iowa. She earlier this year became the all-time winningest coach in that program record. She is now 850 wins and 391 losses overall record. Um, underneath Lisa's um, Coach Bluter's watch, Iowa has been to 21 postseasons with her at the helm, 17 NCAA and four WNIT performances. So really um, just a great program that Lisa Bluter has been building there in that last in the 24 years that she's been there. Um, from a team perspective, so offensively, they lead the conference and put up 92.7 points per game. Defensively, they're 10th in the league at 70.8 points per game that they allow. In terms of shooting, they're second in the league, shooting 50.6% field goal and second in three and defensive field goal percentage as well at 39.8%. From a three-point shooting effectiveness, they are 37.6% from three, which is third in the league. And defensively, they are fourth at 29.5. Um, interesting, not only do they make a lot of the baskets, three-pointers that they put up, but they are averaging 10.7 threes per game, made threes per game, which is clearly first. In case you were curious about where we're at, we make around eight normally per game, so which makes um, eight and a half where we're fourth in the, the league on that. Um, 
Continuing on their good shooting, Iowa shoots 77.7% from the free throw line, which is third, and they are second in rebounding margin at 8.1. And then finally, um, turnover margin, they are ninth in the league at 1.15 turnovers. They commit 13.7 and force 14.9, so about even on turnovers. But Jeff, why don't you take us through some of their individuals? Hey, uh, the, the, this Caitlin Clark kid, I, this young woman. Who's that? Not, I've like, never heard of her. Anybody's heard of her. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go through a ton of the stats here on Caitlin. I think everybody knows what Caitlin can do. What I think will be interesting, and I think it was Penn State, Kathy, that played Iowa a week or two ago and and really tried to limit the, some of the three-point shooting. And Stulkey went for like 45. 45, yeah, 47. I mean, something like that. And I think it was, I think it was Penn state. I might be wrong about the team. Don't quote me on the team, but somebody in the big 10 basically did that where they basically, we're going to guard Stalky one-on-one, which whether she gets, she gets. And they held Clark fairly well in check, but Stalky goes off for like 45 or 47. And that's, you know, that's, that's the kind of team they got because you look at Hannah Stalky, six, two yeah. sophomore, Averaging 14 a game. She's shooting 64%. She's a seven point seven rebounds a game. Kate Martin, 13 a game. So they've got puzzle pieces around her. And again, we all focus. And I think a lot of us get tired of hearing about Caitlin Clark because of what we see from the media standpoint of it. But she is a legit player. And, 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 and then you start putting the puzzle pieces around her. And then Gabby Marshall absolutely killed us in Iowa City. Um, you know, she's only averaging about five a game, but she had a big game against us in Iowa City. So, again, they've got the puzzles, the puzzle and the pieces put together to make a deep run. Their biggest thing is they are not a big turnover team. And I think this is when you watch them, it's kind of surprising because you see some of their athleticism. And you see some of their their instincts, the fact that they really only force about, what would you say, 14, almost 15 turnovers a game, you know, compared to like an Ohio State, a Michigan State, um, a Penn State even, who are really, you know, you know, really, really up there in turnovers on a, a, opponent turnovers um, with that. And, and again, but you also look at this roster, let's and I'm not trying to take anything away from but it is loaded with seniors outside of Stalky, Caitlin Clark That's senior. Right. Now she can come back. But, you know, so, but again, this, this could, this Iowa team next year could look and again, I know we're talking about this year, but I'm just kind of looking forward to the two programs moving forward. This team could look entirely different because Clark, Martin, Marshall, Davis, all likely not going to be there next year. Yeah. Clark would be the big wild card to see if she comes back for her fifth year, but we know for sure. Um, Kate Martin, Gabby Marshall and Molly Davis are, they're already in their fifth year. So they will not be coming back for sure. So the only person we know, well, we don't even know it's guaranteed because in theory she could transfer is Hannah Stolke coming back of their starting five. So that is interesting. Um, So yeah, I don't know. We need to belabor the individual numbers anymore. Nope. You know, people also forget, though, along with Caitlin Clark's and her scoring, the thing that she can also do is she can really pass the ball. She knows exactly how to get it in. That's what she made Monica Sonano look so good last year because she got it into her into a position where she could hit hit her, you know, even in transition. And I think we're seeing that again with Stolke this year as well. You know, like you mentioned, she put up 40 something points. It was Penn State. Right. I think it was in that I game. So. so so it, I think, you know, what hurt us last time is, you know, we just seem to kind of forget about some of the surrounding pieces around Caitlin Clark. 
And as much as, you know, the, the media makes it out that it seems like Caitlin's the only one playing <laughs> at times, <laughs> like she, you know, she plays all five positions, right. And puts her stat line up there and leaves it up the whole game. There are four other players that are playing for Iowa and they are all pretty capable people. Um, you know, with two other ones scoring, you know, on average double digits with Stalky and Martin in, <clears throat> You mentioned Gabby Marshall and Molly Davis isn't much of a, a, a score, but she is, you know, averaging over three assists per game too. So she's really there as a facilitator. So I think they have a lot of the pieces. And to me, Jeff, you tell me if you agree with us or not. I, again, like, I think the goal has to be making sure that none of those other four players go off and have a, you know, a 20, 30 point night. Um, in addition to Caitlin Clark, because you're not going to keep her much below, you know, 30 points. She's had very few games below 30 points. So you keep her maybe in that mid 20 range or so, but you can't let a, a, a Gabby Marshall or a Molly Davis or somebody go off for another 20 point game. No, I agree. I, and I think that's got to kind of be the strategy is you don't, you, you got to try and stay up on Marshall and Davis a little bit. Um, and and who am I forgetting? Stalky is. I think you you talk about Stalky. Oh. Martin is the other one. Yeah. I'm sorry, Martin and Davis, especially along with Marshall. Those three. You just can't let them get going. And and Stalky, I'd take my chances with Mac. You know, matching up with her um, in the post. Uh, the key comes down. Can you get? Chloe, and again, I think it has to be Chloe. I don't think it's Lexi. I think you need Chloe to be on on Caitlin Clark and do as best she can. And, and knowing that right. the defense hasn't been quite as good as it was last year, but is capable of putting together some performances when they get locked in defensively. And I would start with Chloe on Clark, and that's where we go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um any of the her hoop stats that we we've been kind of talking about anything there that you want to touch on between these two teams and it looks very <laughs> interesting on paper yeah <laughs> very even it? very even matchup yeah. again on paper and what should be on the floor a good matchup it shouldn't have been a 30 point game in Iowa City it's another one of the games like today where when somebody punched us we didn't respond very well. The only game we've really of the games we've lost, the only game where we really responded well was the Ohio State okay. game. Yeah, you know, the other games we've really kind of gotten knocked off our feet and haven't really been able to back up. The one thing that jumps out to me here, Kathy, is and again, appreciate you doing all the run sheet and getting it ready for today. The rebound rate, I use 65th, I was 19th. Yeah, that one surprised me too, Jeff. I, I actually would have thought I would. I know the rebounding margin was pretty good. I just didn't expect them the, for a rebounding rate to be 19th in the nation. Um, mm -hmm. So just to remind people, her hoop stats is a national national ranking. Um, an interesting one to me is points per possession. IU is second in the nation at 1.02, and Iowa at first at 1.04. Um, so I don't think we're going to be you know, assuming, you know, we're back at home and we can make our three point shots again, it's going to come down to who can step up their defense, which again, uh, her hoops that defensive efficiency, Indiana is 14th in the nation and I was 22nd. Um, so again, very close to each other, even on the defensive side of it. And, you know, we always, you know, joke about Iowa not having defense, but their defense has actually not been too terrible this year, you know? Um, so I, it, I think in paper, this should be an interesting interesting matchup and you know we got a sold out crowd coming in over you know 17,000 people by the way i heard on the second secondary market those ticket prices are going for over $400 a ticket by the way yeah. white out for a black uniform in a white out with black black charcoal gray uniforms i hear they're more of a dark charcoal gray in person but anyway you, you didn't yeah, watch the game yesterday talk huh? about them. i did watch the game yesterday for whatever <laughs> we want to 
talk about with that's it. What you're gonna that's, what you're, about it. that's what you'll see on Thursday from the women. Yep. Same thing. Um, so, so anyway, quick. back to the Iowa game. Yeah, Jeff, I, the keys to me, I, our defense has to come back and it has to be all five of our players locked in on defense, talking, switching. We cannot be a step slow like we were tonight, or we're going to have another 20 or 30 point loss at home. I think it'll be also be interesting. And, and, and I'm not trying to hold out a lot of, a lot of like, oh my goodness, it's the Wills Reed moment or or like the Larry Bird moment when they get up from the injury and they come back to the But I'll be interested to see how much Sid plays on Thursday. Right. And and yeah. and if Sydney, and I'm not expecting more than 20 minutes after today, if, if she would have played 10, 12 minutes today, I could have seen her getting 22, 23, 24 minutes on Thursday. Only six minutes today, I don't see how you jump 20 minutes, you know, and no. get her to 24, 25. Um, but anything, I don't, Sydney, think she got, I don't think she starts either. Do you? No, not again. No. I, I don't I think, think so. Coming off the bench. Yeah. But I also, but you know what, after today's performance, I know this probably doesn't work at the college level like this. And again, they're 21 and four. I think we I think part of the thing is we've gotten so used to being successful with this group, with this program that we really are taking losses very, very deeply and in, in like, oh my goodness, like the sky is falling because of a loss. Yes, it's because the way they lost. But let's remember yes. at the end of the day, they're still 21 and four. And right now, I know people are freaking out because of the bit of the uh, where the net is. The big the NCAA had their reveal the other day in Indiana was 15th of the 16th. There's a lot of time left. You know, there's teams around us who are going to lose more than we do. There's teams behind us who are going to win more than we do. You just got to play right now. This is where Terry Morin comes in. I believe what Terry talks about is process. You, you can't worry about it's not a macro thing. It's you got to stay micro, get better tomorrow, get better on Wednesday. Be better on Thursday than you were on Monday in the game. But don't worry about that big macro. Make the tournament. And if, once you make the tournament, then anything can happen. Yes, would you like to be at home? Heck yeah. But there might actually be some matchups out there that would be a little better for us if we're a five seed on the road or a six seed yeah. on the road, you know, from that yeah, standpoint. We saw that when we made our elite eight run a, a couple of years yeah, back. Well, I'm pretty sure we were a fifth seed then too, right? And yeah, I remember that was in the, remember that was in the bubble situation though, where they had to, everybody was down in Texas for that year. Oh, was it? I yeah, thought that, that was, was the year after. Okay. No, no. That year after is when we got beat by UConn. We were home. That's we beat, right. That's right. Um, beat i can't remember who we beat in the first round but beat princeton yeah. on grace's life but anyway princeton. but again stick anyway, with the process yeah. here stick with the process and 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 but sydney makes this team better i'm not trying to take anything away from lexi that's not the point but sydney makes this team better and so if there's a healthy sydney parish that can get us again i'm not hopeful but if she can get us 20 minutes on thursday that's huge especially if she it can is. play as, as close to normal as possible yeah, if we can get definitely more than the six minutes that we had today and, and a little more production from her, I think that's going to be giant for us too. And just somebody else that has to come in off of the bench. I think this is going to be another fast pace, um, pretty you know physical game, and we're going to need to be able to get our starters some some time here. Um, mm. off of the, on the bench. So um, I guess for me, keys to the game, Jeff, or what I've already mentioned defense. And then of course the, I, I think rebounding is one we've been talking about all year. Um, you know, I think that rebounding rate, even though 65th in the country doesn't sound great from who hoops that I think when we first started, they were really close in that 80 or 90 range. So they've moved up um, tonight. Won't help them a whole lot, but um, they're going in the right direction. So mm. um, those are my two keys. Do you have any, anything else or do you disagree with either of those? 
Well, the other thing I'll throw in there, I agree with those two. It's it's typical coach speak and then turnovers as well. And yeah. we got to shoot the three better than we did today. We have to shoot yeah, the three we like to. we're capable, especially at home. We need a home three-point shooting percentage like we normally have. Yeah, with that crowd on our side, we should. So, well, good. Let's quickly talk about what's gone on around the the Big Ten then. Um, so Thursday, the key matchups that we saw, Illinois went into Penn State and handily beat Penn State there, 86 to 71. So again, like Jeff and I mentioned, Illinois is playing well at the right time. They finally seem to whatever woes they had at the beginning of the year, starting to figure it out. Um, I mentioned already Iowa um, beat Michigan and when Caitlin Clark broke the record, that was 106 to 89. Um, that they, they won that game. Um, Sunday, Michigan State went into Michigan in Ann Arbor and beat Michigan 70 to 66. And then Penn State um, went to Maryland and lost again 77 to 62 at Maryland. Um, games to kind of watch maybe before our Thursday game. Tuesday, Northwestern goes into Nebraska. And Wednesday, Mi Michigan State goes up to um, Mackey Arena. Um, any overarching thoughts, Jeff, that um, maybe maybe give your thoughts on Penn State. Any Anything there they've lost two now, Thursday, and then again on, on Sunday. Um, I'm a little surprised with Penn State. I thought with Awusu and Marisa back both healthy that they would be putting up a little bit more of a fight and winning a, a couple more games, especially on the road. But what they're, are your thoughts not, on that? They're not deep, and they lost one of their starters to an, an, another starter to a knee injury. And so they're just not deep. And so when you can, you, when you don't have to, and when you don't have to guard somebody, then that's, you know, that makes it easier to guard Marissa and Owusu. And, and let's face it, L, I, even with that, Penn State, we talked about was going to be maybe a middle of the pack team. Illinois is finally playing the way they should have. So I wasn't surprised that they went into to Happy Valley and won. And Maryland has some talent. They've just been underachieving for the most part. I mean, realistically, outside of the top three in the Big Ten, you look at the standings. It really has been a middling conference, really. I mean, the 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 you know, the number four seed right now, will fit, if, if the season ended today, the number four seed in the Big Ten term is going to have six losses. Yep, absolutely. So, um, you know, then we'll, let's just give a quick update on the standing. So Ohio State is 13 and one. Um, <clears throat> I was second and 12 and two in this loss dropped us to 12 and three. Um, Nebraska right now is still hanging on to that fourth spot at nine and six. But right behind them is Michigan State at eight and six, Maryland seven and seven. Then you have Penn State, Michigan, and Illinois all bunched up at seven and eight. So if, uh, I think Illinois, I wouldn't be surprised to see them start moving up now um, with the way they've been playing. They're probably, they, they seem to be playing with just a lot of confidence on, on their end too. Um, overarching thoughts though, Jeff, um, you know, not knowing what's going to happen here, this game on Thursday, obviously to me, this loss today has made it um, just that Thursday game becomes a must win game. Um, absolutely does. If you want to have any shot at trying to climb to that um, a shot of a chance, you know, we're now two games out behind Ohio State. And then you got to get some luck from some other other people maybe going and um, upsetting Ohio State or maybe even an Illinois playing Iowa later this year yet too. Maybe Illinois can go in and sneak a win against Iowa as well. But um, what are your kind of your overarching thoughts and path for us to to still get a shot at that Big Ten championship? Slim and none. Yeah. That's what my dad used to say when I, we used to play golf together. My dad would be like, especially like a really long putt. I got two chances to make this slim and none. I, I had some people on Twitter when I was running the account today that I basically said that any chance for winning a, a winning in the Big Ten title is out the window, is gone. You, it, it's one thing if you need one team to get help. 
you know, you if you were chasing one, you're chasing two. Yeah, you can beat Iowa on Thursday, and that brings them back to you. But Ohio State has to move twice. Yeah, they got to go to Iowa. Fine, they lose at Iowa. Who else is beating them? I, right now, again, I, I realize this is why we call it. But I just don't have much hope that Ohio State's losing twice between now and the first week of March. No, I, I'm kind of the same way. So now we're just really, I think um, – what we need to focus on again is one game at a time. And maybe we'll, we'll parlay this into our final thoughts, Jeff, if that's all right. Um, so uh, I guess for me, my final thought is, yeah, I think this loss is really a big, <laughs> made it a big hill to climb, <laughs> not a hump to get over, but a hill to climb <laughs> of, of any shot of repeating it as the big 10 champions. But I, I think now you're still playing for, you know, the, you know, definitely being in that top three going into the big 10 tournament. Hopefully we can get to maybe even a Sunday championship game, maybe win right. the whole thing. You still have so much, so much to play for. Even if the regular season title is out, you saw the, the big 10 tournament and very important, I think is seeding. And it would be fantastic to still be able to host at assembly hall um you know the first couple of rounds if we can um and and redeem ourselves for last year as well so i I think to me those are my final thoughts take your 24 hours let's learn from this let's ratchet back up our defense on thursday let's go in and let's um let's kick some hawkeye butt on thursday yeah i i agree kathy you just got to come back and be ready for the next one and and again if you win this everybody will kind of forget today to you know the, the game at illinois but, you, you know, again, it is important. And, and from the standpoint of seeing, I, again, I think there's a lot of talk about the seeding because they get to play at home. If you're in that top four of the seeds in the, in the, in the bracket, but um, I'm of the belief, just make the tournament. And I'm not talking about as a 10 or 11 seed. You know, if you're even a five or six seed, we've seen teams make runs out of that five or six seed component, the four seed component. Is it a little harder on the women's side? Yes, but we've seen teams get to the second weekend, get to the Elite Eight. And this team is capable of making a run when they can put stretches of games together. The one thing that's been kind of disappointing with them is it doesn't seem like we can get enough stretches of those games together. seems like we'll play two or three good games. And even the games we've won, that the fourth of the game might be kind of like, oh man, we're struggling with this. It just is not our A game. To make that, I don't care if you're hosting or not in the NCAA tournament, you got to put together, you got to string together four or five good games in a row. We saw this last year. They did not play very well against Miami and they at home. So, you know, from mm-hmm. that standpoint. So, mm-hmm. um, I agree with you. And it's, no, and I agree with you. And what I said earlier, I, I and, and appreciate you, you know, kind of uh, coming back to that. Just it, don't get caught up in the macro right now. Stay micro, keep on improving yeah. every day. And I'll, yeah. I'll kind of finish that with my, as my final thought. Sounds good. Same for me. Let's talk about what's up next then. All right. So up next for us, um, unfortunately, we've had some scheduling conflicts come up um, and we will no longer be able to do a live post-game show on Thursday after the Iowa game. Um, I'm going to be traveling for some vacation time and then Jeff has got a radio um, game to call. And so unfortunately, we cannot have a a post-game show for you live on Thursday. However, on Friday evening, the day after the Iowa game, a special guest from Assembly Call, Coach Brian Townsoni, will be joining Jeff to do a post-game wrap-up Friday evening. Again, that's Friday. Um, They will be going live at 9 Eastern or 8 Central. So mark your calendars for that. 
hopefully um, everyone will enjoy a great Friday evening listening to two um, fantastic coaches talk about hopefully a great win on Thursday. Um, on the men's side, the assembly call will be back to on Wednesday after the Nebraska game. So for us, um, if you want us to see the see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assembly excuse me, it's at Back Home Network. It's youtube.com slash at Back Home Network. You can be part of our private community as well. Go to assemblycall.substack.com to learn more. Special thanks to John Ringer, Riggs Design for designing our logos. A big thank you to Bob Thompson for our music that you heard throughout the broadcast. And most of all, thank all of you listening either live or after the fact tonight. We appreciate you all being here. And we will be back with you on Friday evenings, or at least Coach Jeff and Coach Tonsoni will be um, on Friday night. But until then, keep your elbows in, your eye on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. All right. And just to, again, to clarify anyone listening, it wasn't that assembly call radio wasn't going to give us the Thursday night spot um, after the Iowa game that they actually were, they were going to cancel assembly call for us again. Um, But Jeff and I, neither of us are available anymore. So um, that is why that post game will be on Friday night instead. It seems like a fun Friday night. Maybe while I'm sitting down on the beach with a drink in my hand, I'll, uh, I'll jump on YouTube and listen to you guys. You do that. Might make some some interesting chats, but I doubt it. (laughs) You, 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 you do that. Well, I'll be thinking about you Friday night when I'm doing the show from Indiana that that you're on the beach in Cancun. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, good, Jeff. I think I'm going to head on out of here and try to go get some sleep at some point tonight, I guess. I understand. (laughs) Bye everybody. Good night, everyone. Thanks a lot.